Welcome to the weekly message from Rama Family Church. It is our hope that as you listen to this message, you will come to know Jesus better and be established in your faith and equipped for the work of the ministry. You can view the sermon notes and listen online at rama.org.au forward slash media. Father, we thank you so much as we get into your word today that you help us to get it out, Lord. We thank you for helping it to be simple, easy to apply, that we can use it Mondays through Saturdays, Father God. Uh, and so thank you, Father, uh, for grace to minister, and thank you that people have ears to hear in Jesus' name. Amen. We are on a, a new series we started last week called The Upside of Down, and we have a text scripture in James chapter 4 and verse 6, uh, and that tells us, but he gives more grace, therefore it says, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. So thank God any time that we can have more grace, uh, we need grace to, to do this Christian walk. And whatever it takes to get more grace, uh, we'll take that. We said this last week just for a quick review. Grace is different than righteousness. So if you got saved 80 years ago, uh, or if you got saved yesterday, each person becomes righteous, and they're as righteous as they're ever going to be. So somebody that's been saved for 80 years is no more righteous than somebody that just gets saved a second ago they're equally as righteous. So righteousness is a gift, and it's imparted to us. But grace is different because the Bible says that grace can be multiplied, and the Bible tells us that we can grow in grace. And so something that we continue to grow in and something that can be multiplied to us is grace. Uh, so this title then, to help explain it, if you weren't here last week, the upside is grace and the downside is humility. And that's what we read in that scripture. He gives more grace, and that is to the people that they humble themselves. So down, in the case of that scripture, is a good thing. Now, down is normally not good. Down is not good for the stock market. You know, down is not good for TV ratings because advertisers want as many people to watch TV. Down is not good if you're going on vacation and the dollar goes down before you leave. Down is not good if you're on an airplane when it should be going up. Down is not good if you're in a boat. <laughs> you don't want to go down when you're in a boat, okay? And so there's times, and a lot of times, down isn't good. But in the case of that scripture, down is good when we decide to uh, take the lower road, humble ourselves, and go down. It's a good thing. And so also last week, we, uh, we um, gave a definition about grace, and we said grace the definition in its simplest form is unmerited favor. So grace is something that's free. It's something you can't earn. It's unmerited. We also said last week that grace, is, it's God's riches at Christ's expense. And so it's something that God did in Christ, and it's all the stuff that we get, but we didn't have to do anything to get it. It's at Christ's expense. We also said last week that grace is God's ability or power that enables to do what we could not do without it. So more grace, the better. We need grace. And then we also said this about grace. It's a supernatural substance from heaven that empowers us, enables us, and makes us competent. All right? A supernatural substance from heaven that empowers us, enables us, and makes us confident. The grace of God can fall out of heaven on us and enable us to do what we could not do without it. So uh, last week we said this, having more grace 
is equivalent to having more of everything. When you have more grace, it's the equivalent of having more of everything. So we gave an illustration last week about water. And we said, if you have a lot of water, through, with water you can have snow, you can have condensation, you can have rain, you can have sleet, you can have fog, you can have ice, you can have clouds, you can have a mist, you can have dew. All of that comes out of water. So having a lot of water, you can have all those other things. When you have grace on you, we're saved by grace. Uh, we know that we live by grace. The Bible says, says we have access by grace, in t- or by faith, I'm sorry. We have access by faith in the grace that we stand in. So our, we can access grace by using our faith, but, uh, you know, you can, like, here's a, a thought here. You can say all the right things, and it could seem like you're in faith, but if you are actually prideful, God will resist you even if you're making positive confessions. So it's also important, the combination of humility and, uh, and using your faith. It's a great combination. We serve by grace, so when you have more grace, it helps you to serve. And then we looked at last week that there is actually a grace that it says the grace of giving, and it says we should excel in the grace of giving. Here's another scripture we didn't look at last week, and look at this one. Acts chapter 4 and verse number 33, it says, And with great power the apostles were giving their testimony to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. So notice there is a connection between great power and great grace. If there's great grace on somebody, there's also great power. And so uh, that is why we're even looking into this series, because, hey, you know, each one of us individually, and then even as a, a church corporately, the more grace we have on us, the more effective we are. And so what can we do to have an increase in grace? And so we're looking into that. Now, uh, I remember, and you know, we talk about how humility is necessary for grace. So you, many of you have heard the story that I traveled in a singing group. And we were in Columbus, Ohio years ago, and we would go to some smaller churches, and they would let us set everything up and basically do praise and worship and do, do their, then we would do our special music. We would give an altar call and we would do the whole service. But then we went in, we were in Columbus, Ohio, and we got into a large church and, and they did it differently. They kept their worship team and their worship team did praise and worship. And then we just came on to do the segment of ministry. Uh, so one of the guys in the group uh, and he, he, I was the oldest guy in the group, so they weren't thinking quite right. So uh, our manager at that time, he took that as like competition, that they, they wanted to do music and they wanted to show us how good they were, and he, he kind of misread it. So they did their part. And, you know, we had six singers, we had a three-piece rhythm section, and we had four brass pieces. And, you know, and uh, they had a lot more than that. This was a big church, and they were really good, you know. Uh, it was humbling, but our manager said after they were done, he said, come on, let's go. It was time for us. He goes, let's, blo- let's blow them away. And I thought, we're not going to blow them away, first of all, but I thought it, it, a little humility would be good right now because we need grace to go up and minister, and we shouldn't be thinking about, like, did, any, you, know, did you ever see the Battle of the Bands? I don't know if they do that anymore where they have... It's in the, in the secular world where they have the battle of the bands and you battle and see who's the best. Well, that's good for the world, but for church it's not very good to do the battle of the bands. 
for church, like a little bit of humility would be good where you humble yourself and say, Father, we need grace to minister right now. But instead it was like, let's blow them away. And we didn't do very good that night, and it was a little bit embarrassing. And, you know, so you see what I'm saying here. And so uh, we want to talk about some stuff today along these lines. So here's a, a quote from Charles Spurgeon. He says, be not proud of race, face, place, or grace. Okay? And so that covers kind of everything, not to be proud of race, face, place, or grace. And uh, I kind of joked around that I, I was really proud about being Italian until I moved over there and lived there for nine years, and it helped me not be so proud uh, of that. You know, and, 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 my, and my habit, one of my brothers was very proud about being Italian, but he's, he's learned how to humble himself too. So, um, uh, but we don't, we're not going to talk about the others today, but what we want to talk about is that last one. We want to talk about uh, not being proud of grace. So we want to look into that. And Charles Spurgeon uh, was a great man of God from England. He's gone home to be with the Lord, but he had such wonderful things to say. Here's another guy that I, I, I hear he was saved. I'm not, I, I don't know if I, we have 100% proof, but this is Abraham Lincoln. And we want to talk about right relationships and grace. And here's what Abraham Lincoln said. He said, to be humble to superiors is duty. To equals courtesy, to inferiors nobleness. So I'm not quite sure if the Lord would describe it that way, but I thought it was a wonderful quote. To be humble to superiors, we think, well, we're obligated to humble ourselves to our boss. Uh, to equals, it's a courtesy, and to inferiors, it's nobleness. But I like the way the scripture says. Just it says the scripture helps us to see it God's way. So First Peter chapter five and verse number five. It says, likewise, you who are younger, be subject to the elders. Clothe yourselves, all of you, with humility toward one another. For God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Humble yourself, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he at the proper time may exalt you. So if we go back to verse number five there, and notice the few things that I underlined, where it says, subject to the elders, and then it says, humility toward one another. Uh, so notice that, and then if you could please go to the next verse, and then it says, the mighty hand of God. So here's what we learn from that, those two verses. The first thing that we see there is there's three relationships that we are to maintain. Our relationship with God, our relationship with spiritual authority, and our relationship with one another. Those are the, the, the major relationships that we all have in our life. And Notice that it says, you humble yourself. So I, I know that throughout the church world that sometimes people have prayed prayers and they say, Lord, keep them humble. And, you know, you can say, Lord, keep them humble, but I don't think you're going to get that prayer answered, and I'll tell you why. The Bible says, humble yourself. So you could say, Lord, keep Pastor Tony humble, but I am the steward of that, and I need to humble myself, and I need to keep humble. You know, and so each one of us, it's up to us to be the stewards of our life and to make sure we maintain those relationships. And then what we also see in those three verses of Scripture, if we do that, we see three things that will happen from reading those Scriptures. And here's the benefits of, of uh, right relationships. The benefits of maintaining that with humility is that God gives us grace we remain under the hand of God instead of out, 
and we're also positioned to be exalted. So that is the benefit that we receive by maintaining those three relationships. And I think that's pretty good. I don't know about you, but to have grace, to be under God's hand, and to be positioned for exaltation, you can't beat that. I mean, that, that's about the best place that you'll ever be, and it could never get any better. And so uh, we, we uh, are going to look a little into this today, especially about the relationship part. I do want to say this about our church family that I've watched you know, now since, we, since the very beginning and throughout our, the history of our church with people that attend our church. And I've seen people in our church and numbers of them where they have ministered to unfortunate people, people that were hurting, people that they could have just walked away from. And I've watched our church people minister to those kind of people. They didn't look down on them. They served them. They helped them. And so I, I just want to say this about our family and our church, that we have beautiful, pure-hearted people at our church. And you know what? That, that means this, that we're under God's hand, we have grace on us, and we are positioned to be exalted because of that, humbling ourselves one to another and serving each other. And I've seen handfuls of our people do that, and I'm thankful for our people in our church uh, having that heart. Praise God. And you know, you do learn about yourself uh, when somebody that doesn't have a title or a position or lots of money or even a lot of education or, and so forth, and they ask for help. And you learn about yourself uh, in those situations. And then what about somebody in that category and they confront you or they challenge you or they disagree with you or they even make a suggestion you know, and, and you think, well, you know, they don't have a title, they don't have a position, and et cetera but yet they do that. And you know, you can learn about yourself because you know, we can receive from anyone. And here's an, an example, you know, uh, Benny received the offering today. Benny went through the Bible school. He came here as a student and I'm, uh, you know, even though I'm the director, uh, my wife is the managing director. She does all the work of the Bible school. I just have a title there. But I, I put more of my time into the church. Can't do everything, but my wife and Karen and Kevin uh, you guys are wonderful, and they, they do all the work for the Bible school. But Benny came as a student. And all these other young people that get up here and receive offerings, they were sitting there. I'm the, I was their teacher, and they're a student. But when Benny gets up here to receive an offering, I'm not sitting there like I'm Benny's teacher. I'm sitting there like I'm receiving the Word. I'm receiving the Word because he, he, he dug into he He came up with some nice revelation there, and I received something from that. And so th this is what we're saying, you know, like it, it's not about titles and positions or anything like that. It's about if somebody's ministering the word, humble yourself and receive, you know, and, you know, somebody says that's how you wear different hats, you know, you know, you can wear the hat of this, but then, you know, just like kind of us guys, when we're walking down the street, we have the hat of the, the authority, the, the husband with authority. Then we got in the house and we put the hat on of submit, submitting to our, to our wives. You know? <laughs> Little joke there. That wasn't in my notes. My wife isn't here either. <laughs> okay, getting back to this. So um, we want to just look at some things today, you know, with what Abraham Lincoln said about equals and everything. So here, here's something that like the singing group that I was in, we had a three-piece rhythm section, as I said, six singers, and we had a four-piece brass section. 
and we would break off when we rehearsed and the singers would go here and the brass and then the rhythm section. I was the bass player. And so our keyboard player, without anybody asking him, and we, I was in that group for about eight years and um, we had four different keyboard players in that span. And so one of our keyboard players, he just kind of ascended and thought he was the boss of our rhythm section without anyone appointing him to be the boss. It didn't come from the manager, and I wasn't the manager at that time, so he started to and give us orders. And so me and the other guy, we really didn't like it, so we just thought, you know, we're, we're just going to go. All three of us went to talk to the manager. And, uh, and so we're all equals. And, you know, when it comes to being equal, you know, how do you humble yourself one to another and stay in unity to make sure you have grace flowing. So we went to talk to the manager, and he asked some very pointed questions and did a great job. But in the end, the manager, after talking to all three of us, he thought, you know, the keyboard player is pretty well equipped to rehearse you guys because at least he can read music. Because I've, I've been playing music, and I, I can read drum music. That's the only music I can read because drum music is just rhythms, and it's not notes. But I play the bass guitar, and I don't read notes. I just read chord charts. So I, even though I've played music, I don't read notes. So like, what would I be doing rehearsing somebody when I don't read notes? So the piano player would... And so we walked away from the meeting, and with the thought, well, the piano player, the manager just said, yeah, you know what? I think, I think he should rehearse you guys. And I had to humble myself, and the other guy had to humble himself, uh, the drummer, and we humbled ourselves. And then he had more say-so. But my whole point is, you know, instead of bumping heads and doing that, uh, you won't have grace flowing. And we really need grace to minister. So, you know, you don't want to get up on the platform and just depend on your musical talent, but you actually want the hand of God on the music, and you want grace on it, and you want the anointing to flow. And so by humbling yourself... There is a more, there's grace that comes on, and that goes for every area of ministry. So humility has something to do with a flow of grace. Now, things that can hinder grace, and some things that can hinder grace, is that if we think we're so strong and we don't need anyone, and we can do it all on our own. And, I, and this is something that I've gotten better at myself, we traveled a long time in traveling ministry and we went to places where uh, we even went to countries and lived in places and we couldn't speak the language at first and we really had to be strong and learn how to do it all on our own but I, I know one thing as soon as you start pastoring you know you don't ever want to think that you can do it all on your own and you need to be that way it's a team thing we're all in it together and we need one another I need people I need people and if I want grace to flow I have to humble myself and say, I need other people. It's not a, it's not a big I and little you kind of a thing. It's all of us. We're, we're all together in this, and we need each other. So, but anytime you start thinking that you don't need anyone and you can do it all on your own, it hinders the flow of grace. Also, uh, it, for hindering the flow, uh, if we think, because we see there's a connection between grace and relationships, and how we're responsible to maintain our relationships, if we think it doesn't matter how we act towards somebody that we might think they don't know as much as me or they're, they're inferior to me, and we think we can just blow them off and insult them and talk disrespectful to them and get away with it, we might get away with it because we had no 
everybody on the earth witness it, but we don't get away with it with God. Because he says to humble ourselves one to another. And so it will hinder the flow of grace in our life. We're to honor people and treat everyone with, in a humble way. Okay? And because, you know, we might be able to fake it in front of somebody else, but between us and God, we can hinder the flow of grace. Okay? And then also, if we think uh, that we just even, our physical and mental ability can do the job without the Lord. And you know, I, I saw Liam was here, and I, I don't know if I saw Alex today, our bodybuilders, you know, but I saw Liam earlier. He was in the 830 service. But I, I learned, I, I used to be a bodybuilder. I have to say, I never looked as good as Liam and, or, or Alex. Those guys, you know, were better than I was, and I, I admit it. I humble myself. But you know what I, there's Liam back there. You know, I just, I just caught your biceps from here, you know. <laughs> but um, I found out the first time I got up in front of people as a bodybuilder when I first got saved and my face got all red and I couldn't talk, that my muscles didn't help me communicate. <laughs> and, you know, you can find out you can be big and monstrous but get up in front of people and not be able to communicate. And for me... I needed the grace of God to come upon me to even become a communicator. So I couldn't depend on my physical strength or anything like that to communicate. So if we think it's just physical or mental as far as serving the Lord, because serving the Lord is a spiritual thing. Okay? And I used to usher, and I used to be a catcher in a healing line. And you might think, well, it, and, and you did have to have some the way that we did healing lines, you had to have some physical strength to do the healing line, but there was a lot of spiritual mixed into the natural. And it was not just physical, it was also spiritual. So as we serve God, we need to have spiritual grace coming down from heaven to serve. Okay, uh, so just moving on here, here's a few things the Lord gave me, and that is like humbling ourselves one to another. So here, here's the first thing that He gave me this I, I didn't cut and paste this out of a book. This came from the Lord. And he said this to me, that grace is a supernatural substance needed for spiritual things. And so, thank God for the physical. Thank God for even natural education. But to be totally affected when it comes to serving God, we need the spiritual substance that's called grace. We need that to do spiritual things. And then another thing that he spoke to me is this, that humility toward one another invites the grace necessary to run a team race so christianity is like doing life together and and even just you know being willing to do life together being willing to admit we can't do it on our own that we need one another and so if we humble if we stay humble one toward another that's what invites the grace that's necessary to run the race that we're running and so our relationships according to what we read in the word we, they're important, and we just we don't blow people off. We don't insult them. We don't look down on them. Uh, we don't. If we want grace, uh, we don't do that. Okay. So this this uh, what we're talking about can it can help, of course, with church service teams, small groups. Uh, I mean, even our small connect groups. You know, there needs to be a humility toward one another. Is is the small groups meet when we administrate the church and do the business side of the church, uh, you know, 
you know, with our finances and all that, and we have financial meetings, we need to have humility there. As the, the teams serve together, there needs to be humility with the service teams. In our homes with the husbands and wives, there's times that we need to humble ourselves to our wife, and there's times that the wife needs to humble herself to us, you know, where it's, it's like a humility that goes back and forth. The parents with the children, uh, the, ch- the children with each other, where there's humility flowing in the home. Uh, it's, it's, it works everywhere. It can work with an employer and an employee, and vice versa, and it can work with staff. So uh, humility can work anywhere on the planet, okay? So humbling ourselves one to another, it can result in this. It results in us listening to each other. And why is it? Well, if I am not looking down on you and I choose to humble myself to you, there's a lot better chance that I'll listen to you to see what you're saying. But if I have an attitude, you know, and think I know more, then I probably won't listen. So as soon as we decide to humble ourselves one to another, we will listen to each other better. It also will help prevent strife from entering in. So sometimes, you know, we don't on purpose ever say anything that we want to hurt somebody. But, you know, sometimes you can actually structure a sentence in a way that it hurts somebody and it really wasn't what you intended. You just might be bad at putting sentences together and you didn't mean it to even come out that way, but they get hurt. You know, I've, you know, I've gotten better at that, but I've done it before. And I thought, boy, you, miss, you really misunderstood me. I, di- I didn't mean that. That's not what I meant. But here's the thing. As Christians... If we're on the receiving side and somebody says something to us, they don't structure their sentence properly. If we choose to humble ourselves one to another, instead of like saying you offended me and holding a grudge, you could say, you know, you, you just said this. What do you mean by that? Or is that what I think you're saying? And just bring it out on the table. That's kind of like humbling yourself and make sure you come up with an understanding there instead of walking away and holding a grudge because you're just blowing off a relationship and the Bible tells us to maintain our relationships. There's an, there's an increase of grace when we choose to do that. It also, by humbling ourselves one to another, it keeps relationships up to date and relevant. Because if you're holding a grudge against somebody, you, it changes your relationship. Your relationship's kind of not like up to date. You know, it used to be. It's out of date. And it's no longer relevant. But when you choose to humble yourself, the relationship stays up to date and it's still relevant okay so that's another benefit and then the last one is by doing it it causes grace to flow down upon all that are involved so here's the last scriptures we want to look at today uh, and they and here's what they tell us in psalm 133 and verse 1 it says behold how good and pleasant it is when brothers dwell in unity that's the way that God sees it. He said it's good and pleasant when we, and it takes humility to stay in unity. It takes a humility. And then verse 2 says, it is like the precious oil on the head running down on the beard, on the beard of Aaron running down on the collar of his robes. Remember how that last thing, if, if we humble ourselves, it's like grace will flow down upon everyone and I like the way that it talks about precious oil running down on the head running down on the beard of Aaron running down on the collar of his robes it's like 
even as a church family, we want to individually humble ourselves and stay and stay in unity. But as a church, so as a church family, we can stay positioned to have grace on us and flow and have a beautiful flow and a lot of power if we respect the rest of the body of Christ. And so I love our church, but I haven't yet said, and I don't plan on saying that we have the best church because I feel like that's comparing and I feel like it removes us from grace flowing. So we, we just want to be who we are, but we don't want to compare ourselves and think we're better. Does that make sense? So thank God for our church, and I love it, and I love everybody, you know, but we want to respect the entire body of Christ. We want to pray for all the other churches. We want to believe the best for them, and we just want to do our part, the part God gave us. And that keeps us positioned for a continual flow of the grace of God on us, and we need that. Uh, and then in verse 3 it says, it is, when we stay in unity, it is like the dew of her." Hermon, which falls on the mountains of Zion, for there the Lord has commanded the blessing life forevermore. Uh, and so by doing this, the Lord commands blessing individually, but it also is corporately when we choose to do this. Okay. So um, in just a few other thoughts today, there's like higher motivations that we can all live by. So you can, live, you can let lower things motivate you or you can choose to let higher things motivate you. And here's some of the higher motivations that we can really, we can live this way all the time. We can, instead of striving to become big, even as a church, why not strive to be healthy? In other words, have a healthy culture. Like walk in love, stay in unity, humble ourselves one to another. You know, put the word of God first place. You know, uh, give the Holy Spirit place, follow the Spirit of God. Why not strive to be healthy? God can take care of the rest. Okay? Why not strive, instead of, instead of striving to become famous, why not simply strive to be servant, a servant? The Bible says the greatest in the kingdom is those that serve. So we're, we're not striving to be famous, but we're, we want to simply serve. That's the higher motivation. Uh, instead of teaching God's Word or doing anything that we do to flaunt knowledge, why not follow after compassion like Jesus did and teach from a place of compassion? Why not minister healing from a place of compassion instead of to have a, a reputation? You know, if God wants you to have a reputation, that'll happen. But why not just flow in compassion? These are higher things to motivate us, and it, can, it helps the continual flow of the grace of God. Praise God. <clears throat> so, Father, I thank you today for the words that you gave me to speak to your precious people, Lord. People uh, that you redeem by your blood, Father, that you're on the inside of all of us. I thank you for these words that you gave me to speak today, Lord. I thank you that they uh, resonate in our spirits, Father, that you help us to apply them tomorrow and throughout the week and forever, Lord. Thank you so much for your words. The Bible says that we're saved by grace, and we just looked at 
for the last half an hour right now, how do we get grace? And you get grace when you humble yourself. And so I was going down a path, and I didn't know God, but I was in church every Sunday, and then I heard the gospel, and I heard that you are saved by grace through faith. And I never heard that before. I never heard the things that I heard in a small Bible study that I heard years ago. But here's what happened. I had to humble myself, and I, think, and I had to think, okay, my church doesn't save me. I always thought my church would save me. And I had to humble myself, and, and I had to come to the place where my church doesn't save me. I have to humble myself and get saved the way God says I would be saved. If you're with us today, maybe you have had some wrong thoughts and you think maybe a church, a denomination can save you. Well, church and denominations can't save you. Maybe you, you think that doing good things like your good works can save you, but good works cannot save you. How good you are is not what saves you. Maybe you think because you were born into a Christian family that you're automatically saved, but no, you must confess Jesus. It's an individual decision you must make. So if you're with us today and you're thinking any of those thoughts, the Bible simply says that Jesus Christ, He is the way, the truth, and the life, and no man can come unto the Father except through Him. There's only one way to get there. The Bible also tells us that if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and that God raised Him from the dead, you'll be saved. If you're with us today, and your heart's telling you, I've never done that. I've never confessed Jesus as my Lord. I've trusted maybe in my denomination. I've maybe trusted in a church, an organization. Maybe I trusted in my good works. I've trusted in the wrong things, but today I want to trust in the right thing. And that's, I see it. I know in my heart, you're saying, you're saying truth that Jesus is the Savior and He's the only way. If you're with us today, this is your opportunity. We want to pray with you today. And so we are going to do that as a church family. And if you're with us today thinking, I, I, I need this, I need to get saved, I need a Savior, this is your opportunity. So what we're going to do is we're going to close our eyes and we're going to pray. You might say, well, hey, well, I, I don't ever close my eyes and do that. But if you close your eyes and pray, you can really concentrate and pray right out of your heart. So let's all close our eyes right now. And if you're, and your heart's telling you, this is correct. I need Jesus. This is your opportunity to pray. So let's, let's all say this together. Heavenly Father, thank you for sending your son Jesus. Jesus, thank you that you love me. You came for me. You died for me. You took my sin. You went to hell. And you were raised for me. Jesus, you are Lord. And I believe God raised you from the dead. You are welcome in my heart. Thank you so much that you love me. You first loved me. And now I love you. Thanks for listening. We're always encouraged to hear how God is using this ministry to change lives. If you have a story you would like to share about how God is working in your life, please let us know and send us an email at church at rhema.org.au. 
If you would like more information or resources on this or other topics, or if you would like to sow into this ministry financially to help us share messages just like this one each week, please visit our website at rhema.org.au.